Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada, and I'm back. It's been a while. I'm back with Dan Rudman. <laughs> Did a, a long series on the doctrine of the church with some guys up from Fargo, Cody and Adam. And then I did a series on the miraculous gifts with a guy from my church in Kansas City, Mason. And now I'm finally back with Dan, who is, you know, the usual one I'm talking to on this podcast. So this is this is fun. Dan, what 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 have you been doing the last yeah. <laughs> number of months? Oh <laughs> Where did you go? You disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been an intense couple of years. Uh, uh, Son, I'm the only boy. Son of uh, you know my parents, and I have two sisters. Yeah. But uh, my parents were are aging, and in the last, literally in the last, to be nine months now, well, twelve months now. I guess we're in September, right? Um, both my parents passed away. Yeah, yeah. But they were elderly, and I was involved with that care di- from a distance, you know. Right. And so, if any have done that yet in life, it's uh, it's an intense thing. You're dealing with relationships with family and all that. So that just takes a lot of energy. And then uh, also um, during this last year and a half, I was appointed, voted in, accepted. I think the Lord orchestrated the whole thing. Um, the director, national director of right. AFCI. Right. So that put on a whole new type of responsibility. Yeah. I'm kind of a free-spirited, let's go out and meet people kind of guy. Yeah. You know, we were on the campus yesterday. I was just like in my element. Let's, yeah. let's just go talk to people about the gospel. And I love to preach and teach. And so taking on a responsibility of overseeing an organization is a... It's different. It's yeah, new. it's different. And I've had that some of those skill sets actually earlier right. in my life and career. So it's not like it was foreign to me, but, you know... It's not necessarily something I sign up for. Yeah. But it was more sense of calling. It needed to be done. Yep. So that, that in addition to my parents, and then my parents passing away this year, and then over the summer, I just had some projects. We have a kind of a, what do you call it? Um, we live in the country here in Kansas. Yep. And while I'm not Labrie, like Francis Schaefer did, I loved what Francis Schaefer did in Switzerland, we do have a kind of a hobby flower farm yeah, yeah. That my wife had like a dozen women out last night we have these settings where we want to be hospitable in the country with people yeah and uh, so like this fall i'll have guys in my home every week and we have fires bonfires in the backyard sometimes we even shoot some guns and eat wild game and yep yep have some of these settings where we just be men and talk about scriptures and so the last six weeks i've been building a barn and so all those projects and stuff just kind of put me in a different realm the last two years. That wasn't my normal routine. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I did just, just some travel. I went to Fiji this yep. summer. You know, preached fifteen times there in a week. That was intense. It was yeah. a great, great experience in South South Pacific. So yeah, and so now we've been talking about this. We're back. I'm back this fall, kind of reestablishing kind of the traditional routine I've had. Yeah. In life and ministry, some traveling, preaching, teaching, but a lot of local. Meeting with guys, going on the campus, hopefully get, getting back evangelism, yep. getting maybe back in the jail and meeting with people regularly. That'd be cool. so, so, actually looking eyeball to eyeball with people, even small groups of people. Yep. Communicating the scriptures and talking about real stuff is like, I it's love your that. jam. It's my jam, man. Yeah. So, back at it. Back at is it. Is that helpful on a podcast? Yeah, that's oh, good. Okay. No, right. <laughs> I so, mean, people get used to just you and me and. Yeah. I haven't talked to you for a long time. Yeah, a lot of people don't know us personally or anything, so they don't know how right. we operate. But yeah. Yeah, this would be awesome. So now we get to get back in the routine of podcast and yep. we got some projects this fall. I would tell people to kind of keep an eye on uh, 
AFCI US website. We've been developing stuff there, yeah. resources and content. And it's still, it's. I mean, it's just. It's still, you know, a work in progress. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's. But it's out there. Yeah, yeah. there's a structure there now. So if you want to go, you can see a bunch, especially Sam. He's been able to do a good job as the younger guy in our midst, you know, of collecting or capturing his messages and things he's been doing for a number of years. Yeah. And so when we developed this website, he was ready to launch. Here, here, here's the text or whatever it is you got to do to make it, put it on a website. And the rest of us are tracking stuff down from churches <laughs> and like, what's the format? What's that mean? What's resolution? All this stuff that we had no idea about. Yeah. Right. And so there's that. But we're, I mean, tell them, Sam. I mean, really, we're, we're developing some stuff, folks, that I think is so exciting. So I had a, uh, a discipleship piece of material mm-hmm. called, uh, you can look it up online. You go on just, you know, search engine or whatever and go to you disciple y-o-u like you disciple dot me mm-hmm. and it was it was the fundamental stuff i did for 35 years yeah. sitting when if somebody were to say you're going to go to you know the bar and grill or the restaurant and meet with guys and do basic foundational call it discipleship stuff stuff you'd want to talk to guys at a basic level and then somebody challenged me years ago to start putting it on paper yeah because i did it on napkins i did it out of my head and and so we began to develop this site and mm-hmm. a friend of mine in North Dakota put it together. Uh, he was a computer dude, and so it's like a it's like a tool mm-hmm. for discipleship, foundational stuff. And we've seen guys using it all over the actually in, all over the world, Africa. A lot of the African conferences we did, a lot of those guys picked up on it. Mm-hmm. And so this fall, we're kind of uh, redoing it, reforming it, bringing it up to date in a contemporary way. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some videos on there of you, Sam, and me. And so I'm just saying all that. I suppose some of that, is, yeah, it's promotion, but just. For those of us that yeah. do like the podcast or enjoy this, um, I'd say keep an eye on our AFCI.us website. There's going to be some cool content coming on there. So yeah. we're going to have that developed. And then you and uh, – actually, it's my son-in-law. His name's John Stambaugh. He does a lot with us. He's done a lot of video content. He and my daughter uh, kind of travel the world and do, yeah. do photography, wedding photography, other kinds of things. And so uh, Sam and he are developing a whole – like maybe you describe it, Sam. Transcendence and beauty as a yeah, as a doorway. And beauty um, paired with you know some of you listening might be familiar with Alabaster. It's like this company that started making printing Bibles where each you know page has like a beautiful picture, and then there's also the the scripture alongside it. And so it's a, it's like aesthetically pleasing. It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it's a beautiful Bible. And then they right. kind of started to go into more of the devotional stuff and some theology books and things like that. And so that's kind of the the idea is okay, John your 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 son-in-law. Yeah. I mean, he's a professional videographer. This is what he does. He's he's about that creative yeah, world. The creative world yeah. he and, 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 are in and that. capturing beauty yeah. and things like that and and obviously my world is the theology world and and writing about theology and so we kind of are coming together and we're putting together, I'm writing these theological reflections on a theology of beauty, and he's pairing it with yeah. these photographs and things that they've captured and, and some of their, their yeah. retreats and stuff that he's done. Yeah. So there's that, and we're hopefully to make, hopefully we're going to make videos that complement yeah. the, the and So that will be yeah. something that obviously would encourage the Christian, but it would be, in a sense, a very apologetic yeah. That leads to the gospel. Yeah. Which is another discussion that we're going to have in another podcast or two. Um, is that there seems to be this movement right now, mm-hmm. especially amongst the younger generations, but it's been something that's always been there. It's been yeah. something I believed in. I've taught my kids about it. Francis Schaeffer was all about this, and it's about the arts. Right. And the point of all that is that 
these these things of beauty. Like my wife had a dozen women at her home last night for this what they called a what they call it a flower bar where they set up all these beautiful flowers and the women make bouquets mm-hmm. and then they go out to our little beautiful greenhouse in the back it's got a little chandelier in it just imagine all the little twinkly lights and the in the beautiful vases and teas and water and all that you know just a beautiful setting and you can check my wife out at, on uh, instagram if you get cur- curious it's called flourishing time or tina rudman and she creates these beautiful settings but you have to ask this question it's a deep Deep, it's actually a deep theological, philosophical question. Why are humans so enamored with beauty? And it points to something, and it points to this bigger word that historically has always been a word that maybe we haven't used as much. It's transcendence. Mm-hmm. There's something bigger going on. Well, mm-hmm. what is the ultimate beauty? It's God. Yeah. Right? And so it's a fascinating world because this younger generation, maybe even a couple now, I don't know all the X's and Y's and the Generation Z and all that, whatever yeah, all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the point is, is they're, 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 you could call it spiritual, but they recognize that there's something bigger in this world and it's not just a mechanical, modernistic, secular world. Right. And so there's a movement amongst these, these young people of looking for something more. Yep. And of course, it, it could t- tip into the sexuality thing. That's where that's all went. It's this total experiential thing existential mm-hmm. you can yeah. say that romantic the feel love but it's transcendence yeah and so this discussion of beauty and what's behind beauty mm-hmm. and ultimately it's god turns into a wonderful beautiful setting so like even when my wife has these people over and again it's similar what uh, francis schaefer did with labrie people would come to Swi- you know switzerland right and they come to the swiss alps in this beauty and they would engage in meals together and discussions together and talk about movies together and talk about art together and it wasn't just to settle there because it's intellectually cool right it was like that points to something huge yeah and that hugeness is god himself yeah and so it's so anyway all that stuff's developing right now we're we're, we're doing a lot of that this fall so yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it really is exciting. And and, and we'll talk about in a few weeks, and, and, and Sam will play some interviews for you. But we were on the camp, one of the local campuses, University of Kansas, yesterday. And it's fascinating. We ran in a lot of freshmen. Mm-hmm. And most of the freshmen we talked to, and I say most, it's not like there's, there's dozens and dozens, and you could say it's anecdotal meaning. It's just our personal experience. But, right. but we probably had five or six incredible conversations yesterday in an hour mm-hmm. or hour and a half with freshmen. So these are 18, 19-year-old young men and women. Yep. Almost basically kids transitioning into adults. And, um, man, they were totally open. They were? Totally open to discuss this stuff with us. It was really fascinating. I mean, the one young guy, right? The one young guy said he's reading a page of the Bible a day. We said, why? Well, it just seems like it's a good thing to do. <laughs> he's not even a Christian. And he's just like, it's like, exactly. They're looking. They're, yeah. they, they know there has to be something more to this life. Yeah. And so I don't know what's going to happen culturally. You know, we're in volatile days. But there is this thing going on that I'm looking forward to talking more on a podcast and sh- playing some of these because we, we, we recorded them. Yeah. And the, and the last gal we talked to literally said, you know, we asked her, what's the main, main Christian message? You know, what do you think Christianity is? And she kind of could say something about niceness and kindness because she, has a, she said, I have a Christian roommate yeah. who apparently has demonstrated some kind of kindness and niceness to her. Which is cool, yeah. which is good, but she still didn't really get the gospel. And then she literally said something. I don't remember. You could maybe remember Sam. She I don't says, remember how, but she, she kind of said, "What is what is the message?" She asked for it. <laughs> she literally asked us for it. And, yeah. and so, again, all of this fits together. 
It's that's so all cool. we're trying to say is this transcendence and beauty and people longing for transcendence and people looking and people wanting to have these discussions. Yep. And so we're working on projects yeah. that will be delivered, say, podcasts, AF, uh, the AFCI.us website, this tool of beauty. Yeah. Uh, you disciple.me. So yeah. didn't know we were going to talk about all that, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I hope it helps people see there's going to be some really cool stuff coming. I know. I know. Just There's not enough hours in the day for everything we want to do. Oh, man. <laughs> Lord, give me another 25 years, you know? I know, and I just I want to get done with this PhD so I can really, you know, hammer. Yeah. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about today yeah, let's go is, is manhood. And, you know, we did that series on, on manhood and womanhood a while ago. Like, yeah. I, would, I mean, I think we're at, I think this episode is episode number, I don't know, mid-80s right now. Yeah. And our manhood and womanhood series was like in the 30s. Okay. So that was a long, it was yeah. actually kind of a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. We did 20 some hours worth though. Yeah. Of content. Well, yeah. Like 13-ish, 13, 14, 15 episodes on man and woman. And, and you know, you look out culturally, everybody knows this. Like it is, oh, it is the raging thing right now. What is a man? What is a woman? Yeah. I mean, good grief. Like that, that is the discussion. You have all these people writing books now. Uh, I mean, obviously, good Christian people like Owen Strand, The War yeah. on Men. Uh, think of uh, Michael Foster. It's yep. good to be a man. Like, yep. in the title, we almost have to, because people think it's not good to be a man yeah. anymore. Yeah. So yeah. he has to put in the title. No, actually, it is good to be a man. Uh, yeah. Nancy Percy, who's one of our favorites, she just wrote a book, The Toxic War on Masculinity. Yeah. How Christianity Reconciles the Sexes. Like, this is the good, yeah. this is the hot topic. Yeah, Murray, right Murray. What's his first? Is it Michael Murray? I forget his first name. Murray. You wrote. Um, uh, it's a book we're going to be going through with a group of guys in our church. Um, let men be. Let men be men. Yeah. I'm just saying there is this. Yeah. And it's not like this hasn't happened before in my lifetime. Back say even uh, would be now almost 30 years ago. You know, there's the Promise Keepers movement. Yep. Which, again, way past you now, Sam, as you're too young. But like it was a calling to men mm -hmm. and it kind of morphed into some other things. And, you know, that's a whole huge discussion. But this has been something stirring for a long time. And we see it amongst young men, the crisis. Yeah. It's, a, it's I mean, it literally is a crisis. It, it is. It I mean, it's always is. been a problem. Well, and but it, we <clears throat> are at a point now of an absolutely yeah. devastating crisis. And there's the stats to back it up. Yeah. I mean, even think of like Marco Rubio, you know, a senator. He just came out with basically on Labor Day. He, he calls it the state of the working and non-working man project for strong labor markets and national development. And if you read through this, it's like a 40-page uh, report and basically documenting that that the state of of working men is really not good. Yeah. Um, just to kind of read a portion of his forward, he says Labor Day's much more than the official end of summer and a three-day weekend, it is and should remain an opportunity for us to thank workers for their contributions to our country. It's also an opportunity to reflect on how they are doing. For far too many, the answer is not well. As this report shows, some of the most serious problems are faced by men who are suffering from a general decline in quality jobs and falling out of the labor force in staggering numbers. He goes on to say, some might wonder how this could be with unemployment near a record low, the problem is hidden out of sight, driven by a slow erosion of workers earning power and millions of men who have dropped out of the labor force altogether. In 2022, there were 7 million men in, in the prime of life missing from the labor force and 10 million total without work. So he keeps going on and, and kind of explains the problem. So men aren't working. 
Like what's going on there? Men, working age men are not working. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. There's 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 more stats. Um, here's an interesting one. Seventy six percent of eighteen to twenty four year old men in America. Seventy six percent, three three quarters, yeah. uh, are ineligible to serve in the armed forces due to either health issues, yep. being overweight or something, yep. or a criminal record. Yep. And you go well. <laughs> yep. That's a, like the prime age. To serve in the military, to fight, to protect, three quarters of those men in America are ineligible. Yep. yep. That's a problem. Yep. That's a major problem. What's going on there? Uh, another stat is basically saying that, like, you know, some say three out of every four, but some say up to upwards of four out of five. Like suicides is now men. Yeah. And men are killing themselves like crazy. And there's all these stats that we could continue to pile up. Uh, Seventy-four. Um, let's see here. Men now receive about 74 bachelor's degrees for every 100 awarded to women. So women are, yeah. and the stats are crazy about that, women are the ones getting the degrees today. Yeah, especially in graduate studies. Graduate, yeah, the more you, you go up. You may not have those numbers in front of you, but it's huge. Right. You know, undergrad, it might there's a disparity, like, yeah. but yeah, the more you go up, it's almost master's, double, it's PhD. Almost, I think it's almost double. Yeah, tri- triple women for sure. compared to men. Yeah. So women are far more educated than men no- nowadays, and, and they're er- – you know, the whole like, oh, wage gap, you know, women earn less. Not not the case anymore, yeah. actually. People still try to play with the stats and put them in a different light to still try to present a, a disparity. But it's actually not the case anymore. Now there's there's evidence that, that women are making more than men. And this is a problem. I mean, this is crazy. So yeah. there really is a crisis in masculinity. Yeah. And the non-believers, the secular people, the media, the liberals even, they see it. Like there was a, a famous article. Uh, well, it became famous and got a lot of uh, attention in the Washington Post by a woman named Christine Emba, a black woman who, you know, she would probably, I'm assuming she would probably identify as, as liberal, yeah. but she wrote this opinion piece called Men Are Lost. Here's a map out of the wilderness. And a really long opinion article about yeah. the state yeah. of masculinity. And it got so much traction. Right. And people are saying, yeah, this is right. Like, there is a problem. Yeah. Why are men lost? Right. And, you know, obviously the, the narrative of the media, the narrative of our world is, of the West is like, men are the problem. Men, yeah. you know, are toxic. Yeah. The, <laughs> oh, get this. <laughs> here's, here's, oh, man. Just, let's see here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the APA, the, uh, what's that? The Association of. Uh, Associated Press. No, 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 no. The, um. Man, I should have actually typed it out, not just put APA. Psychological Association. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. American Psychiatric. Psychiatric Association, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they said, this is a quote from them, traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression is on the whole harmful. There is a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population, including anti-femininity, achievement, a skewel of the appearance of weakness, and adventure, risk, and violence. And these are all, in a sense, like like a mental health problem. Yeah. Like, well, these are bad. They literally, when they say toxic masculinity, yeah. they, they, like, think it's a mental illness. Yeah, they think it's a man, mental illness. And they think what is, you know, yeah. like they said, like, uh, dominance, aggression, competitiveness. Like, it's, those it's wrong. those stereotypical male traits mm-hmm. are wrong and mm-hmm. bad and toxic and yeah. a mental health problem. Yeah. yeah. And we need to fix it. Right. And we need to make men feminine. Yeah. That's their goal. Yeah. All right. 
So, yeah, all that to say, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on yeah. and on with statistics and reports and studies and findings and all these different things to show that there really is something going on. Yeah, it's a crisis. Yeah. It's a crisis. Yeah. And it's it's weird because you, you sit back here as a Christian who knows his Bible and studies his Bible, trusts his Bible, and you go, why, why are people so confused? Like, Christians have been saying this forever. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and you, Dan, you know, kind of my story, I've told this before, but when I met you, I was invited out to a men's retreat yeah. to go duck hunting. Yeah. And this guy, I was told, from Kansas is going to come up. His name is Dan Rudman, and he's going to teach us on biblical manhood. Yeah. And so you've been thinking and talking about biblical manhood for Ever. decades. Yep. Literally decades. Yeah. Literally decades yeah. before there was apparently a crisis. Before yeah. Yeah. it was in yeah. the media and yeah. a thing. Isn't that crazy? Sometimes you feel weird. Like, gosh, I've been trying to say this forever, trying to warn people. Yeah. How did you make that an emphasis? Yeah, of yeah, ministry? yeah. So sometimes it's it's. I'm glad. I'm so glad this comes up because this is one of those times you get to you get to clear the air for people. Sometimes if maybe most people don't even listen to this, but <laughs> still, yeah. You know, I'm an outdoorsy guy. Um, you know, I love, you know, obviously masculine things. I just built a barn and, right. you know, love working out and love hunting and fishing and all those things. And those are wonderful things. But sometimes when I've talked about manhood or masculinity, some people think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, you got to go hunt. And kill a bear. Kill a bear with your bow. You know, I'm like, I actually think it's really cool to kill a bear. Yeah. And, and you have. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> You've killed but, but, but that's that's not my point. That's not actually the bigger point or even going to a retreat. It's not the bigger point. So, yeah, what happened was uh, in my late 20s as I began to enter into ministry and within the first, first few years entering ministry, one of the dominant things I realized is I was doing work of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Okay, Call me the work of the evangelist. At the time, yep. I didn't have that fully thought through, but we're doing a lot of evangelism. And I recognized both in me but primarily, uh, well, I me, mean, I shouldn't say primarily. I saw it myself. I, I, I put myself in the camp, okay? I saw that what would be the one thing that kind of keeps us from talking to people about the gospel? And it was fear. Yeah. And I saw it in myself. People would be surprised it's in me. Yeah. So I'm kind of this mouthy, extroverted guy. But you'd be surprised. I, I have that fear just like anybody. But certainly I saw it really prevalent. Yeah. Like why wouldn't, if you have, think about it, you know the God of the universe. He's opened your eyes to him. He saved you. He's rescued you. And the most important message on the planet is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing in this world that's more important to speak about. And people won't do it. Mm -hmm. Christians won't do it. And I thought, what is, Terrified. What is this? What's Terrified wrong with all this? And I realized it was fear. Yeah. It was, fear was one of the big, big deals. And, you know, fear of being rejected, fear of not knowing what to say. It could go down the whole list. Mm -hmm. But then I began to, like, study that a little bit, if you will. And I began to realize that in the beginning, you go right back to, you go to our biblical discussion mm -hmm. that we did, you know, those many hours. Yeah. But it would take you right back to Genesis. And you realize that there's this, um, there's this I would call it a cosmic conflict. Cosmic, I'm like, this is the big spiritual conflict. Mm. So God creates man and woman. Mm -hmm. He starts with creating man, right? Man has mm -hmm. created the lead. And we could have that whole discussion, go read Genesis and go back and listen to our biblical studies. And man was created to lead, and God created man to bring order in the garden and name animals and to cultivate the land and to work mm -hmm. and to lead the woman. The woman was created out of him. She was created for man, mm -hmm. contrary to, again, culture. You're not supposed to say that, but it's true. And he was to lead. And you realize that what Satan came in and did, 
the great deceiver came in and did is he, he duped and deceived Eve. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing, in a real sense, was to pull the rug out from underneath men and women. Yeah. And particularly men because they're the leader. Yeah. And if, you could, if he could take the rug out from underneath man, there's a sense in which I guess Satan's thinking he's winning the war. Right. Right? Because man was created in the image of God. Man is this highest creation. Yep. He, you know, personality, he reflects God on earth. And, um, and so the attack was against man. Yeah. Right, right in the get-go. You think this is the attack. And then you start strategizing. You're thinking about it militarily. Again, I'm an outdoorsman, so I'm always thinking, like, why would that deer go there? And you're thinking about all these strategies and ideas, and you're putting all the pieces together, all the clues. And you go, oh, okay, so here's the strategy. The strategy is to, to, uh, to take men out, mm-hmm. you know, make them impotent, mm-hmm. make them fearful, mm-hmm. and take their heart out of them. Mm-hmm. And then the man won't stand up and be what he's actually been created to be. Because mm-hmm. actually man is an incredible threat. <laughs> God made him well, a threat from through, the to the enemy. beginning, the proto-gospel in Genesis 3.15, yeah. the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. There it is. Yeah. So Satan, you know, is told this, he knows this from the very beginning, yep. that it's going to be a man yep. born of a woman yep. who's going to kill me, who's going to crush me. You bet. So from that point on, okay, yep. all-out war on man. Oh, man. And you see it. You see it. And it's, so it's always been this cosmic conflict. And I would say certainly there, but even just before that, that was the conflict. Let's, yeah. Let's take, let's take the rug from, out, from underneath us. So Adam was afraid of conflict. He became passive. Yep. He didn't step up to the plate. And so when God shows up in the garden, who's he go to? He doesn't go to Eve. He goes, goes to Adam. Adam. Goes to Adam. Ask him, what did you do? Yep. Even that, there's a sense in which asking him what to do is calling him to actually be a man. Yeah. And you say, what do you mean? Stand up. Admit it. Admit it. Speak the Take truth. responsibility. Yep. For what you've done. Exactly. We call it repentance, but that's what it was. Be a man. Doggone it. Speak the truth. Yeah. Yes, you screwed Don't up. Don't blame someone else. Don't blame anybody else. Take responsibility. Yeah. And if you notice in that narrative, he never did take responsibility. No. Well, this woman you gave me. Yeah, he blamed her. He blamed God. And, and think about it, you guys. Just... As you get listeners positive, think about the world you live in. Everybody, particularly men, are always blaming somebody else. Yeah. It's the government, that somebody oppressed me, the system, history knocked me down, the government needs to come in and take care of me, yep. blah, 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 blah. But no, no, it's, you are responsible for yourself yeah. before God. Yeah. And so um, we could have that whole discussion. But the <laughs> point is, is then you start following the narrative through the scripture and you see it over and over and over and over. Mm. It's the failure of men to stand up, and I, I would just say, just be a man. Be who they've been yeah. uh, authentically created to be. Yeah. And so when the gospel comes to us, what happens truly is the second Adam, yep. Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit, actually comes to live within us. Yeah. And, and it gives man this incredible now new potential, mm-hmm. if you want to say it that, to be like restored to be a man. Yeah, it's incredible. And start walking the way you were created to walk. Yes. And so you start seeing where I'm going with this. To me, the whole the whole thing isn't about a man going out and growing a beard and proving that he's a man. Right. It's just being what he was authentically created to be. Right. And he can't do that apart from Christ. The pattern is Christ. Right. And and so when Christ comes to live within him and he gets in step with that, yep. he becomes, again, if you will, the great a great threat. <laughs> Yeah, a threat to the enemy, a threat, threat, the greatest of threats, and 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 and, a, and the greatest of blessings because yes. where men go and lead, they bring about order and blessing. Yeah, it's an amazing thing, and that's the that's the cool thing is you know there's with all these statistics on on the state of manhood, you know 
people tend to say, oh, well, in the church, it's just as bad. But actually, you know, that's the problem with these studies is they mm-hmm. just, they'll say, okay, are you, are you a Christian? Do you identify as Christian? Yeah. yeah. Who, who knows if you really are? Right? Who knows right. if you actually are? But if you, some studies have taken the time to actually sort that out. And, and try to get yeah, try some to, sense. Yep. Yep. So they'll ask further questions. Well, how often do you go to church? Do you read your Bible regularly? Right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So that you can kind of figure out, have a better gauge of like, okay, how are the men who are actually Christians acting? And the statistics are crazy. That Like domestic abuse, divorce, adultery, all those stats that seem like they're just as prevalent in the church drop. Yeah. Those men are honorable men. Yeah. The men that are actually Christians. Yeah. They, it, it totally is that's black good. and white. Yep. And so that's that's what's so cool. Yep. So can I go back real quick, though, yeah. Sam? I just want to say, so if you follow the narrative, and we did this in our biblical study again, some of this, if you went back and listened to all that, but you follow through, you think of the spies going in the land in Numbers 13 and 14. Yep. And here these men go in. They're told to take the land. You get to go conquer. Mm-hmm. This I'm giving this to you, mm-hmm. land of milk and honey. And they come back, and what happens? Well, two, you know, uh, Joshua and Caleb, see it for what it is and say, let's go do it. Yep. God said. Uh, but everybody else complained. Yeah. And they said, and, and if you read it, what what is the driving force again? It's fear. Fear. We're like oh, we grasshoppers look like, we look, in their yeah, sight. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes and we're afraid of them and blah, 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 blah. And, and what happens then is what those men, because men are leaders, by by nature, this is something you've been writing about. This yeah. is the very essence. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying men lead rightly all the time. Right. But just by the nature of the way a male, masculine, male is made, he's made to lead. Yeah. And it's very fascinating. So when these men come back and they start whining and complaining, the whole the whole community starts whining and complaining. Yep. The women and children follow. Yes. And and we could have a discussion about femininity and the sinfulness in in womanhood, just like the sinfulness in manhood. Yeah. And women can say, oh, no, 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 no. Well, you know, no, women follow men. Yeah. And they want to follow men. They're made to. Mm-hmm. And so when and so when men lead rightly, they lead women and children rightly. Mm-hmm. And when m- men lead horribly or terribly or errantly, yep. weakling, yep. they the women and children go the same direction. It's a it's a bad deal. Yeah. And so you see it. All I'm saying is you see it over and over in the scripture. Over and over and over again. You just see it over and over. And then you see the contrast to that, like with uh, like uh is it first Samuel yeah, first Samuel thirteen, fourteen with Jonathan and Armor Bearer, one of my favorites. Oh, it's so know? good. It's such a cool story. Here's a guy who says, Well, maybe God will show up. Yep. Let's go take a risk. Let's, Let's go take it. a chance. And what do they do? What they set in motion is courage. Yes. And so that's the contrast in the scripture, fear versus courage. And courage is simply trust in God. Yeah. And so you see it over and over and over. And because of Jesus living in us as Christians and the Holy Spirit, men have this incredible opportunity. To step up to the plate, be courageous. Be courageous. Starts with repentance. Yep. And then trust God, something bigger than yourself. Yep. And follow hard after God. And God makes a man incredibly courageous, incredibly dangerous, mm. a threat. When I say a threat, a threat to the, the things that need to be threatened. Yeah. A evil, threat to Satan. evil w- wickedness. Real evil. Yep. And and so and when I say that, see that you have to kind of couch that today. I'm not talking about picking up a gun or, you know blasting people with a 50 caliber I'm not, that's not what I mean by a threat right I mean you're Spiritual a threat, threat. Th- you're, yeah you're just a threat by your very presence you're a threat to the dominion of there's, darkness there's, there's, even a gravitas even a courageousness even a strength a power and so you look strat, strat, uh, you go beyond the narrative of the scripture and you start looking at history of man and then and I began to look at that and you begin to see history and, and sure enough here it is you know uh, uh, totalitarian governments seek to oppress men yeah take men out 
They yeah. imprison men. Yep. If they can't control them, they imprison them. Yep. Over and over and over you see this. It's really crazy. Um, studies of homosexuality. Homosexuality starts with men, goes into a culture, starts dominating culture, and what follows? Follows women start engaging in homosexuality, and eventually there's an oppression of women and children. Mm-hmm. But it started with men. Yeah. And they, they call it they call it gender side too, like in those totalitarian think of Egypt as a perfect example. The Hebrews were beginning to be a threat. There's yeah, yeah. a ton of them. There it is. Right. It's gender side. Who are we gonna kill? We're gonna kill the young men. Young men. You see it boys. over and over. You yep. See it see right? right? When Jesus was born. We're gonna yep. we're gonna go Herod. take out the men. Let's kill all the men. It's just really interesting. You see it over and over and over. Yep. If we can take out the men. And again, I'm talking about the cosmic the, the larger conflict behind the scenes. And that's what people scenes. have to realize. There's a real enemy behind all this. Right, right. It and looks political, it looks scheming. ideological, but behind that are these, what Ephesians 6 says, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but rulers, principalities. Exactly. Uh, you know, authorities, principalities, spiritual forces, and heavenly realms. It's real. It's real. And so while it plays itself out politically and culturally. And yep. So then it, what happens, here's 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 kind of, I can probably pull my my you know plane in for a landing, is then I started looking at our culture, speaking to me personally, and I go, oh, we have a number of things that try to take men out. Yeah. Feminism. Yep. The feminist movement is evil. Yeah. I'm not even afraid to say that. It's, it was, it's, it, it, it's, an evil, it's an evil movement. It's not cute. <laughs> and then it comes in the church and we call it egalitarian, and we call it all these things, but it's not biblical. No. That's what we don't understand. It is not a biblical it's movement. It's anti-biblical. It's anti-biblical. And it's a, it's a conspiracy. Yeah. And then uh, further, you take pornography. We want to talk about the sexual issue of pornography. Yes. But the but it's not just pornography. It's like it takes men out. Yeah. It actually ruins men. It ruins them. And so even young men, when we talk to them, we need to deal with you know with the lusts and the struggles with temptation. But there's, we need to help them see what's behind that. Do yeah. you understand? You have an enemy that's trying to take you out, and this is how he's trying to take you out. Yeah. And if you could see that and realize that's the battle. Yeah. That's the battle you got to win. And when get, guys start winning that, all of a sudden they have power. Mm-hmm. And they have strength. Mm-hmm. And they have discipline. You show, him, you show me a man that has that area of his life discipline. Sometimes not perfect, but he has it. Resist discipline. the devil and he'll flee from you. Yep, and you see, show a man that has that area of his life discipline, you'll see he has every other area of his life discipline. Mm-hmm. He conquers that one. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. So all of that, to me, is like, it's not just a discussion about pornography. It's not a discussion about feminism. It's the bigger struggle I want people to see. Yeah, yeah. That this is a goal to take men out. Yeah. And so for years, I've been mentoring young men and spending time with young men and having hunting retreats, talking about these biblical concepts of manhood yeah not to have guys you know that's not the point it's it's if they will become what god has created them to be they will they will flourish they will find fulfillment and they literally will be a threat to the enemy in the world yeah and they will literally engage leadership engage the great commission Mm -hmm. and and it's we were with three young guys yesterday and you said man these are the kind of guys we're looking for i said absolutely yep they got the DNA. They're, they're sitting there. They want to be men. They want to hang out with us this fall. They want to talk about this stuff. And they're the guys that show up down there on the campus and want to engage people with the gospel. They yep. want to see us engage people with the gospel. They're yep. excited about that. Why is it? Because these guys are pursuing manhood. Yeah. And you can see it in them. Yep. And I just so came. Clear. Oh, it's so cool. I was just in the South Pacific, as I mentioned earlier, in Fiji, and um, de- you know, doing a bunch of ministry in a week. But every night I got a chance to spend time with the guys in the seminary. Mm. And, dude, it was so much fun. And I didn't know that was going to happen. They did, that didn't happen until I got there. And then they said, would you come and c- talk to these guys about calling? Mm. And I said, oh, yeah. So it was really interesting because I said, okay, guys, I want to talk to you this week about ministry calling. But I don't know 
if you're called or not called. And I want to talk about that. But I can tell you one thing. Every one of you, 100% in this room, have been called to be a man. <laughs> and if you first figure that out, you'll figure out the rest. Mm. And so we spent the week talking about same thing. Start writing Genesis, what God call you to be. And they told me the same thing. They said, this is so prevalent in our South Pacific Islands. Like like the need for the men. The need for it. The need for men to be men. I yep. said, it's not just here. I said, I, it's everywhere I go. Yeah. It's really interesting to me. You, know, you go to a place and I think, well, we have this peculiar problem here. <laughs> and then you find out, oh, no, that's the same problem I find in Africa. It's the same problem I found in Egypt. It's no matter where yep. I go. Yep. And you realize this is huge. Yeah. Haiti, I mean, I don't care where you go. I've talked to men in all these different countries and places. And it's always the same thing. There are these strategies, if you sit back and look, that seek to make men passive, to make men impotent, yeah. to, to, to not make men powerful and right. dangerous and right. strong. And it's it's always it, it, sometimes it's very subtle and tricky. Yep. Sometimes it's just the brute, brute oppression. Right? Yep. So anyway, I it's a huge thing to be discussed, and we need to be addressing it. I'll be doing it again. I do it in some little small way every virtually every, every six months. I have a group of guys I'm meeting with somewhere in some kind of a living room or uh, uh, around fires at my house, having these conversations with these young men. And saying, guys, you got to raise up, got to see it, got to see it. And it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating to watch their lives. I mean, and again, uh, I, I think of one guy right now. I won't even mention his name, but like you'd look at this guy. He's a little thinner in stature, and he wasn't this big macho. Let's go, you know, play football kind of guy yeah. or anything like that. You know, worked at a coffee shop, and man, he just—it was amazing to watch him over six or eight weeks as we talked about this stuff, realizing that he was called to be a man. Mm. And he moved out of his parents' home, and he stepped up to the plate. And and last time I talked to him, I mean, he just, like, all of a sudden, like, in a matter of a couple of months, like, got the vision, yeah. got the biblical vision of what he was called to be. And I said, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you could turn out to be an author, not a tradesman. You know, as much as I love trades, right? It's not, right. not every guy's going to pound a nail. Right. Some guys are going to think about how to make nails, you know, yeah, yeah. how to design them. You're like, like, no, yeah, there's room for all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But it's all what it means to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like. I actually, you know, it's interesting. I like Michael Michael Foster. Um, he wrote a book. I forget his co-author. Uh, Vaughn Tennant, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Good to be a man. Yep. Great book. Yeah, but it was interesting. Very did, digestible. Yes, very easily. I tell everybody, just read it. Just, Large you know, font, easy to read. It's made for men to read. Yep. But it was very interesting because they made a little uh, documentary. Yeah. Canon Press put together a little forty-five minute documentary. Basically, he's going through the book. Yep. In a documentary form. And I really found it encouraging. Because here, here's why I find it encouraging. At one point, uh, Michael Foster in the film is going with a group of guys to go shoot guns. Yeah. And he admits, I don't shoot guns. It's not my thing. Yeah. And it's great to see that. Because here's a guy writing about manhood, and, he, and he's not coming from a context that says, you need to go shoot guns. I've never done it. Yeah. And then he goes on and talks about how he tried to get into his trades. I forget what it was. And it didn't work out so well for him because it just wasn't his thing. He became, realized that he was more of an author, mouthy guy. Yeah. So yeah. I think he got into sales. Sales. Sales yeah. and became a pastor. Communication. And, exactly. Like Again, it doesn't mean you need to go do certain activities. Right. It's who you are as a person and then figuring out what God's called you to do yep. and be. And you be a man in that thing. And it mm -hmm. might mean being a scholar and a writer. Yeah. I'm good. Like, go for it, dude. Yeah. But do it as a man. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's fascinating. And I think that's where people fall short of they forget that there is a real enemy behind all of this. Yeah, and he that's has the big a, thing. He has a strategy, he has a scheme, he has a plan. 
And he knows. He knows. That's the whole, that's the fascinating thing. He knows what God made us to be. Yeah. He knows what God called men to be. Yeah. He knows. And so when you, when you look at these areas that men are struggling in, you go, oh, it, it's, it, you can reverse engineer it and go, oh, that's what we were meant to do. What we're failing in is what we were meant to do. Yeah. And so that's what's so fascinating. Obviously, we, can, we, we get this from exegesis. Yeah. From studying our Bibles, that men were were to be workers. You know, we put that under the provision category. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the key things, right? Yeah. Priest, prophet, yeah, provider, protector. Yeah, that other people have come up with that structure. Think, but it's it's it's. Think about it. priest. You 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 represent your family. You yeah. lead lead the home. Yeah, you yeah. lead the home towards God. Yep. And you're the priest. You're the mediator. Yep. God shows up. He's coming to you. Mm-hmm. Right. You're prophet. You speak truth. Mm-hmm. You stand for justice. Yep. You speak for truth in your home. It's not just going along to get along, right. folks, contrary to the culture. Right. In fact, I was fascinated. I tell you about this, Sam. Oh, yeah, I showed you that. A little clip from Francis Schaefer. I just, somebody, I don't know, yeah. one of these social media things, somebody put a clip in there. I thought it was great. It was in the 70s. And he's saying, the last 40 years, the church in America has failed in two areas. And when he says these two areas, from 1970, so 50 years ago, the same two areas we're failing now. Yep. He said, number one was what he calls true spirituality, Christianity across all of life. Mm. Like God speaks to all of life. Yeah. From the way you parent, the way you work, the way you live. Yep. It's not just this religious thing over here in church on Sunday. It's your life. It's mm-hmm. worldview. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it involves politics, involves everything mm-hmm. to be a Christian in that realm. And then he said, we failed in that. But the second one, really, he said, leaders, he said, lawyers, doctors, he names this all the whole list, have been afraid to stand for the truth they say they believe. Mm-hmm. They want to get along. Mm-hmm. And they think that the way you reach a world is to try to get along with it. Yeah. Well, we all want to get along, but that's not the, the criteria is, do I stand in truth? Right. That's what it means by prophet. I didn't go, mean to go off on preaching on that, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So, so priest, prophet, and of course, uh, 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 provider, yeah. which means work, work, providing for your family, providing an environment for your wife to be able to be what she's created to, to be. be and we talked yeah. about it. And she's supposed to be a nurturer and she's supposed to produce children and she's supposed yep. to produce life and, and take the things we bring and, and turn them into these beautiful things. Yep. I mean, that's what a woman's made to do. Yep. And then, uh, 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 protection. Yep. And you know, you, I saw you do an Instagram on protection because part of it is physical protection, physical, yep. but, but, but even beyond that, it's protection of truth of ideas Spiritual that are coming protection. to my home, a protection over my family. Yep. So, so that's what man was created to be. Yeah. So, and then when you just look at, for instance, what I just read with from Marco Rubio, like yeah. what's the crisis? What's one of the crisis points? Yeah. Uh, men aren't working. Yeah, they're not working. Well, duh, yeah. because and they're not working well when they do show up for work. Right, the they're lazy. They, oh, it's they terrible. Can't keep, hold a job. I, I, I'd they're, have to be a little more complaining. Anecdotal. I'd have to be a little more anecdotal about it, but I know a lot of people uh, that hire people to yeah. work. Yep, I got a son that has business, and he has a terrible time getting guys that will just show up and do the job. Do the job. They, they always finding mess, ways to get stuff, out of they things. They break stuff. They're always lazy, making excuses. Slow. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh. People cannot find good workers. A guy that will show up. In fact, I talked to a trades guy just last week, good good friend of mine in the trades, and he just said, he said, listen, if all I do, he developed his own business in his trade. He's an electrician. He said, all I got to do is show up on time and do the basic job they asked me to do. Now, he does an excellent job, but he yeah. said, if I just didn't showed up and did an average job and gave a decent price... He said, I'm set for life. Because of the state, how bad things are. I'll be there, you know, Thursday afternoon. If I just show up at Thursday afternoon, it's a big win. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. And it's because we don't have men who just will work. Right. So Satan's attacking that part. 
Yep. And you know, you even think of Second Thessalonians chapter three, you know, verse sorry, verse six. Paul saying this to the Thessalonians. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. Yep. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with when we were with you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day yep. that we might not be a burden to any of you. Yep. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Man, yeah. those are some strong words. Strong, strong words. words. And it might have been in the context. I, I did a Bible study with a bunch of men the last couple of years over all, both the letters of the Thessalonians. And uh, I remember studying that particularly. And um could be that they were waiting for the... the yeah, they return. thought the day of the Lord was coming. Yeah, the day of the Lord is coming. Oh, well, let's not work anymore. Let's yep. just... Is he coming? No. And so, yeah, we could go down a whole road of that. When I see 30-year-olds that got so much time to play video games, dude, I, I struggle. Now, listen, I'm not saying... I want everybody to hear the same thing. I want to be clear. I think there's room for recreation in life. Yeah. And if a guy wants a video game, that's what you're into. It's not like I'm opposed to that. But, like, guys don't have time to read books. They don't have time to pay attention to the news. They don't have time to work out. They don't have time to go get an extra job and learn how to do a trade. They don't have time to do any of that stuff. But somehow they have hours to play games. Crazy. See, that's my problem. Busy bodies. That's yep. what he's saying. Yep. Not busy again, at work, but again, busy bodies. I'm not, I hope everybody hears because I think it's great. Take a few days off and go hunt. It's great. Fun recreation. Play some sports. You like to golf. A, you like to you play know, some tennis. Great. I'm going to come off a little bit more harsher than you are, maybe because it's just my generation. Yeah. And I, I grew up in the video game generation. Yeah. And I, I see how it, I've seen how it consumes guys my age. Yeah. And I, I you know, even, even here about my parents are, they're both in the elementary school, elementary public school teachers. And, and how you hear about these dads of these, you know, kids in the elementary school, how their dads will be up all night playing video games. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't mind earth? you being harsh, Sam. I'm trying to be generous. I know. And I know you're trying to be generous. Because I really do think people can, it's yeah. okay for a guy to enjoy a game once in a while. Yeah. It's no different than a guy that used to play chess or anything. I mean, right. there's things, there's places to play, you know, yeah. play and, Pinochle and, with the cards. And the I'm thing not is, against the that. The thing is, is that, you know, it, it's an interesting discussion to have. Maybe it could be a whole other podcast episode yeah. of, of thinking about recreation just in general. Like, yeah. what is a what is a perfecting and good and honoring type yeah, of recreation versus a, a yeah. corrupting type so of I, recreation? So I'm trying to make a general thing and give people some yeah. slack. Like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. But when I see these guys, 28, they don't have a wife yet. They don't have a real trade or career yet. There's all this theology they could be studying. Oh, yeah. All this truth, all this stuff, all this service they could be doing. And... They spend hours playing a video game that's a fake world. It's virtual. It's a virtual virtual fake battle. Yes. And my understand there's chicks in it and everything else. It's oh yeah. It's really a weird thing. And I'm like, you're playing a fantasy game when you could play the real game. Exactly. You that's could be the in the po- real that's battle. The point I'm saying. You could actually fight the conspiracy, the demonic war. war. You could be engaged in it. In fact, it's interesting. It's interesting. You look at the, like, the founding fathers of our country. Have you ever seen their ages? People don't realize when we talk about these guys, the founding fathers, the founding fathers, they were like 19, 20, 22, 23. I forget. <laughs> I, I don't have it in front of me right now. But dude, I'm not kidding you. I like, think the oldest ones were like 26, 27, 28. Yeah. And we call them founding fathers. These guys were young guys. Well, yeah. I'm talking about John they, Adams they, they, and all these they guys. They got their mass. They, they were brilliant. 
And it's because like, what do they, they spent their teenage years reading and studying. And, and that's my point. So I hope this is a challenge and a little bit of a kick in the butt for guys like guys. I don't well, see, I, I, I almost have like a, oh man. And maybe I'm just overcorrecting because I don't play video games. Yeah. Well, you know me. I don't even hardly watch movies. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have anybody's time. Right. <coughs> I don't, I don't play video games. I, I'm, I played, I rarely played video games growing up either. Like was the least of all of my, all my friends. I just don't play. I don't have any, I don't have any consoles. I don't have a, I don't have a TV in my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read books. Yep, right. And when I and <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got tons. I got a thousand books surrounding me right now. Yeah, I got seventeen books coming in the I mail. I was gonna tomorrow. say you got seventeen coming in yeah, this yeah. week. Yeah, I spend my money not on video games, on books. Yeah, and then and then when I want to go do something else, I'll go out into the woods and I'll shoot an animal or yeah. try to shoot an animal. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, is like, as it pertains to recreation, there are certain things that are recreation that are fun, that are enjoyable, that actually build in a man competence for something important. Yeah, there you go. Like going out and hunting, all that that takes to kill an animal, and even even procuring food, there's something good and right about it, and actually useful. Yeah, gotcha. Playing a video game and winning some stupid, you know, story mode on yeah. a video game, it actually doesn't produce anything. Produce anything. Yeah, that's good. Thought. It's a complete dead end. Yeah, it's a complete dead end. And yeah. even chess has actual benefits cognitively. Yeah, that are helpful. Teaches you to think. Teaches yeah. you to think. Teaches yeah. you to to you know have That's all these different options in your mind. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's there's certain recreational activities so that actually. Except we're getting into another podcast now, but this is a good discussion. But, but my point though is is yeah. men. We're getting back to manhood. Men yeah. need to be competent. Men need to, especially in the things that they're called to 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 be protectors, right. providers. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, paternity. Think of being fathers. Like they have yeah. this amazing potential to marry a woman, get her pregnant. And create a fr- family. Yeah. Actually produce oh, life. Family in the kids, in the grandkids. And then they go out and create, they build societies create and they build a whole nations. Nation. Holding a whole nation. From think of that. Think of we got billions of people on earth and they came from one man and one woman. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And look at the technology. Look at all the we have planes in the air. We have phones. Yeah. We have we have all these crazy we're thinking about like going to different planets. Well, how are we gonna get to Mars? Well, we've been to the moon. How blah 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 blah. We got satellites in the air. Yeah. All that came from a man looking at a woman, Eve, thinking, wow, she's gorgeous. She's attractive. Honestly, I want to have sex with her. She's my wife, yeah. bone in my bone, flesh in my flesh. Yeah. And they come together as one. Yeah. Marriage. They build a family. They they produce offspring. Yeah. And and that spreads and spreads and spreads and spreads and families yeah. and families and families and families and nations. Right. And out of all that right. comes what we experience today. So so if somehow you could get that vision into a young man and go, do you realize how huge your life could be? Huge. The potential. Way beyond your lifetime. What you could set in motion. And so what, what is the enemy going to do? He wants to, to take that He out. wants to take you out. Right. He wants to make you infertile. He wants to distract you so that you actually don't pursue a woman and marry her and have kids with her. Right. So what is he going to give you? He's going to give you the virtual pornography. He's going to numb you yeah. and, 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 and make you infertile, like erectile dysfunction among young men because of pornography. It's crazy. Yeah, you've told me that, Sam. Yeah. Okay, now I've listened to the podcast. These are real Somebody's statistics. ever just listened in. Yeah. I'm 62. Yeah. Sam's the young guy here. 28. 27. 27 now. And you told me those statistics, and, I, and I've talked to men my age, and they're like, what? And you've told me. Well, you, yeah. Your and generation th- and younger actually has a problem with erectile dysfunction. 
uh, yeah. The stats are crazy. It Why? Is, Why? Because you, men. You've, you've ruined your body. You've, well, you, you're, you your ruined brain, your mind. You're I ruined mean, obviously, mind. you know, people have said that obviously we, the male, the men, men have a sexual organ. Yeah. We, we know what we're talking. I know. It's, a, it's your brain. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. The oh, okay, biggest yeah. sexual organ is the brain. Yeah. So you technically have two sexual organs. Right. So the brain gets so used to yeah, a being thing. aroused by an image on a screen. Which isn't real. Which isn't real. It's yeah. virtual. Yeah. And that is his way of, of arousal. Yeah. All the way to climax. Over and over and over and over and over again. To where when he sees the real thing, a real woman in real life, it's not arousing to him. He can't even, he can't perform. Perform. Yeah. yeah. And again, as a 62-year-old who didn't grow up with that virtual right. world at the same extent, not that we didn't have our sin, got right. it? When, I, when you told me that even a couple of years ago, I'm Seems like, bizarre. really? Yeah, crazy. And I've told other guys my age, and they look at me, I'm like, no, this is what the statistics they're telling me. This is like crazy. Yep. And that's why, and then I started seeing that in the social media world, all this advertisement for Viagra and these special companies yep. that will send you stuff, and all the advertisements are young guys. See, I thought, okay, you're an older guy and you've had some health struggles and yeah, you still want to have intimacy with your wife. And, but that's not what this stuff's it's being. It's, it's young guys that are using all this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, wow, really? Yeah. 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 To the point to where you know, even this, in like the secular world, like yeah. it's a public health crisis. Like yeah. people know now and they're trying to figure out, well, what do we got to do? We got to do something about this pornography thing. So even the world is recognizing the issue. Yeah. So crazy? again, back to Satan's tactics. Think of all the good that comes from a man pursuing a woman and marrying her yeah. and making a covenant with her and getting her pregnant and having kids. All yeah. the good that comes from that. And Satan's going to try to cut that off. Yep. Well, so, and, also, and that's what I was saying earlier, yeah. right? You asked me, I was seeing all these things, yep. and I said, what are the strategies that yep. he uses to take men out? Yep. And I can go right back to Genesis, go through the narrative of the scriptures, and you're going to see it. Yep. And, and then you go to cultures, and there's nuances. Yep. But it's all similar. It's all but, similar. But there's different things that happen. And so yep. we in our Western world, here we are in the United States. I'm sure there's people here in it. We could just put the countries. label on pacify men. Yeah. Yep. It's, just it's pacify the, men. Pacify, make them impotent. Yep. Impotent meaning, you know, spiritually, yeah. emotionally, Immobile. physically, the whole thing. Just immobile, just blobs. Take it out. Yep. That are just the their parasites they just have to suck off of something. Yeah. Suck off their parents, suck off the government. And just so that they can sit in their and dark basement right. and watch and it's terrible and play because what games. you're doing is you just you've just pulled manhood out of that man. Yep. And that's what I see. That's the grieving thing. See, it's not like I see the guy doing that and I go, Oh, what a jerk. Right. Or what a par whatever word you Parasite. use. Yeah, I don't I actually don't think that. I think this was a man mm. created to be a prince. Yeah. To be a conqueror. Yeah. To be a king. Yeah. And the enemy has got in and duped him. Yep. And we need to rescue that guy. And there's hope. The There's hope. We need to rescue that guy. Yep. See, that's what I'm about. It's yeah. like, like I want to kick the guy in the butt. Yeah. But it's to kick the guy in the butt. And go. You weren't made for this. Right. Every time I see these guys in town that are struggling with, you know, I see the homosexual thing. I think the transgender thing. You don't know how much I just want to go up and say you were not made for this. Yeah. That's actually what I want to say. Just like, say just wake like, up. Do you, you were not made for this. Yeah. You don't understand this. The enemy's captured. And you. they're miserable. That's the yeah. that's the irony. They're so, they're totally miserable. But, but the only hope is the gospel. Only hope. Yeah, and so back to video games too. Like, okay, men were meant to be protectors. Well, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna scratch that itch by fighting virtual wars, fake wars, 
in in a virtual world. Oh, and I told guys forever, like you can actually do the real thing. You, you can do know? the real thing. You can you go can actually act, have a real. You can fight. actually fight real demons. Yeah, you get to actually do that. Get on your knees, study the scripture, and start praying, and watch what you get to set in motion. Mm-hmm. Would you even know this? There's there's all these studies that are showing that actually, when men are actually around real weapons, so if 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 like if I pulled out a gun from the closet. Mm-hmm. And it was just in our vicinity right now. Me and you saw it. Yeah, we would actually get a spike in testosterone. <laughs> and, oh, I know that. And they've studied it. They've studied it. This Show me a, a good recurve bow, and I'll do the same yeah, thing. It's a, it's a fact that men around weapons get a spike in testosterone. Do they really? Actually, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, again, making everything virtual, um, and even think of like other video games like Minecraft. Have you ever heard of Minecraft? I've heard of these things, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. What, it's what's a, Minecraft? Yeah. Oh, it's let's build. It's it's all it's like this this raw landscape, and I get to mine different elements out of the earth, and I get to build cities and yeah. buildings and yeah. societies, and it's just just be creative and build. But at the end, they really don't have anything. You don't have anything. See, at the end, you built my, a house, but it's end virtual. End of my day for the last six weeks, I built a barn. You guys. yeah. If you want to go live in your, you want to go live in your house. You got to put your, you, you got to go see turn it. on your TV, and you gotta you gotta go live in your virtual house. When in all reality, you could go build like a real barn. Yeah. With your real hands. I know it. That's cool. And host real people and, in it. And leave behind stuff. Re- leave plant behind real, something. Plant real trees. Yeah. That, that your things. kids then could occupy one day and yeah. enjoy one day. I know. It's crazy. Instead of building some stupid yeah. Isn't virtual f- building in Minecraft that does nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, we started, we were talking about, you know, my wife God, having, so these, having these women over last night to look at these flowers. I said that earlier, right, in this podcast? Yeah, you we did. Talking about, we talked about a bunch earlier today, but... Um, I just find that fascinating because actually this morning I, I was walking our property. I just have a little six acres, but yeah. you walk it, you know, you can walk it and I can kind of do a couple mile walk around it and I pray and yeah, yeah. it kind of goes up and down. It's, it's kind of fun. Anyway, I was thinking about it this morning, like even these w- ladies that came to visit my wife last night, I mean, they just thought this was the most beautiful thing and they just loved it and they participated in it. And here's what's fascinating. When we bought that, that was a farm field. Yeah. There were no trees. Yeah. There were virtually, I mean, there was a hedgerow up front, which is called the hedgerow here in Kansas. But on the property, you could see from one side to the other, it was just... Field grass. It was just a f- field grass and far- farm ground. It was a pasture. Mm. And that thing today, you know, it's got a creek in it. It's got big trees. It's got, you know, garden, 3,500 feet of irrigation. It's got this... And I'm like, I don't know if people would realize 28 years... Of cultivating. Cultivating and sweat. And work, yeah. and even my wife, she just she gets to flourish in this. My wife will literally be out there in the morning at daybreak, mm-hmm. and you know uh, she does other things in life, but she spends a lot of time outside working, and she will literally get in at dark at night. So in the summer, say nine or ten at yeah. night, she'd been out there working, yeah, in the garden that many hours. So yeah, cool. again, some other things, but I mean, yeah. 10, 10, 12 and, hours and, a day. I mean, you guys are empty nesters. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We're in a new place. Yeah. I mean, it's different. She's yeah. she had a lot of that nurturing energy. Yeah, she, she poured into five kids. kids. Yep. That that that's what sort of happened is that after the kids were out of the home, she still has all that energy and that nurturing ability. And I said, well, we got to pour it into something. Yep. And so she poured it into gardens and flowers and so cool buildings and it's been just a joy. Yeah. But building something, right? Yep. Leave something behind. Yep. It's real. Yep. And that's that's kind of the thing is. Uh, you know, we need to reclaim, and this is what I've, I'm writing a paper in my Advanced Systematic Theology Seminar for PhD Studies on, uh, on, 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 on ontology of man and woman. So, you know, yeah, people... explain that, ontology. 
Nature, uh, essence. What, what is the essence of a man? What is the essence so of a woman? What's the essence of a tree, right? It's yeah. Like treeness. Yeah. Okay, so humanness. Humanness. And you're saying actually maleness and femaleness. Yeah. So I'm saying that, God know, created that. We look at we look at a man and a woman, and the, the world wants to say there's nothing different. <laughs> there's no difference between them. So much so that a man can become. Welcome a woman. to your cosmic conflict again. Yeah, folks. a man can become a woman. True. A woman can become a man. There's no actual. That's not true. Essential difference between them. It's androgyny. Androgyny. And blah 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 blah. It's not true. It's a lie. It's a lie. Like there actually is a difference in essence between a man and a woman. Yes, yep. they're both image bearers. Yep. But the image and there's a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. Of course, they're both humans. They're right. both created in the image of God. Yep. But the image always is either a male image bearer or a female image bearer. Yep. And they're different. And so, a lot of people, a different, lot of a lot of well, we've already talked yeah, a lot of Christians. Different doesn't mean subordinate. It just right, means right. different. Different. Uh, a lot of Christians, I mean, complementarian Christians have have merely, and people might maybe react to what I'm about to say, they merely... Merely? What do you mean by merely? Like, like only mere. ground the distinctions in just merely biblical command, only biblical command. Well, you know, in all reality, I think that women are just as capable and fit to be pastors as men, but God, you know, the Bible commands that only men are to be pastors. And you're saying, no, no, no. That, no, 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 no. I'm saying... These commands fit with the way God created the exactly. real world. Exactly. So that's going to, going back to ontology, going right. back to the very essence. Yeah. In, the, in man's very essence, he was made, designed, crafted, shaped. His soul, his body, everything is made for what he's called to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the same with a woman. Yeah. She has her whole thing of nurturing. Yeah. So and she looks through a woman's lens. Yeah, she's a woman. She looks through a feminine lens, and men look through a male lens. Right, and yeah. there's things that God called men to do that He did not call women to do. Yes, and vice versa. Yeah, and the point is, is that when you, uh, and this is when you start to read ancient philosophers and the ancient theologians, like they talk about this a lot more: habits and virtues and powers, the virtuous yeah. life, the good life, the telos, yeah. the end in mind, pursuing the end. Which, which, by the way, is what they meant by happiness. Is what they meant by happiness. Yep. Pursuit happiness of happiness was, was you becoming that which you were created to be fulfillment. Right. And, the, and, and yep. they would make arguments of, well, what, what brings about happiness? And, well, it yeah. can't be money. It can't be the transient things. It can't be right. the things that fade. It's or, not just an euphoric feeling. Right. So they, the, euphoric the, the theologians, yeah. the, the Christian philosophers, they yeah. say, well, it's God. God is man's ultimate end. God yeah. is what makes man happy. Yeah. Man is ultimately satisfied in God and happy in God. Yeah. That is, that is the good. God is the good because God is good. Yeah. And good. God is beauty. God is truth. So when you pursue truth, you pursue goodness, you pursue beauty, you're pursuing God because he is that Yeah. in essence. So uh, all that to say that if it's true then that that men have a unique essence with unique potential, with unique ends, so to speak, temporal yeah. ends, let's just say, yeah, yeah. like the end of being a protector. Tell, that's the word tell yeah. us. Yep, purpose. tell us. Right, right. The, the purpose or end of being a protector, the purpose or end of being a, a father, yep. a, the purpose and end of being a provider. Yep then the virtuous life for him is to actualize that potential in, like in, like in, that. In, in a sense, like fulfill the calling, step into the calling. Right. And when he does that and he pursues those ends and actualizes that potential within him, within his ens essence as a man, yeah. it perfects him. Yeah. And we, we, you could say that that's equated with sanctification, yeah. kind of the lingual sanctification. Yeah. He's becoming something. Yeah. Good and I right. like it. It perfects yeah. him. It's awesome. Vice versa for the woman. Right. Now, the key that I'm drawing out in this paper is that when a man acts and, and tries to actualize the potentials that don't exist in him but are actually the potentials in a woman, 
It's a corrupting act. So when a man acts like a woman, it doesn't perfect him. It corrupts him. It makes him less human, less of a man. Yeah. Vice versa. When a woman acts like a man, yep. which obviously the culture wants to say that women should be just like men. Yeah. When she does that, when she steps into a man's role, it corrupts her. Yeah. It's not a perfecting work. It's not a virtuous thing. When you say corrupt. The, the, the opposite of perfecting, the opposite of sanctifying. Right. It's more chaotic. Yeah, it corrupts you. It's like sin corrupts you. Right. No, I, no, I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. If I was to, if I was to go out yeah. instead of telling, if I'm called to tell the truth. Yeah, you're just not becoming who you're supposed to be. Right. And I decide to go tell a lie instead, and I just lie. Right. That's not a perfecting action. It's right. it's a corrupting action. Yeah. And so the point in corrupting, it's not even just neutral. It actually creates it actually, a negative. It's effect. a negative effect. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And you just won't become what you were right. meant to be. Yep. Exactly. And See. so, man. Yeah, and see, and that gets really difficult for people when they we'll, we'll we'll talk at least in our Western world. I don't know in the whole world, but when we talk midlife, yeah, see, somebody gets to, this woman gets to thirty five or forty, mm. and she finds her life miserable. Miserable. That's what they're finding out, right? She's yep. pursued the career, she's pursued the degrees. Yep. She's life miserable, right? Well, why? Because you actually didn't pursue the right thing. You didn't pursue the right thing, and I and it might have. You didn't have the right end in mind. Right. It might have, you know, you fulfilled the, a few things for a, a short time. But it, it can't work. Can't work. And you're gonna find yourself empty, and in a net negative. Like, yeah, it's not again good. not neutral, but not a, neutral, but in a hole. In a hole. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not good. So that's why we need to preach. We need to keep communicating that. Yep. Oh, especially to the young people yep. when there's still time, uh, and that uh, that's part of the problem. Maybe people have heard the word hypergamy before. I haven't heard that word. But it's it's the idea Say that it again, so hypergamy. Hypergamy. Yeah. Okay. And it's new the, one for me, man. Okay. It's the it's the idea that you've probably read it before. Okay. Um, if you read it's good to be a man, they use the word. Okay. Cool. So it's the idea that women marry across and up in status. Okay. Yep. So if a woman has a master's degree, she is almost always going to marry somebody who also has a master's degree or has something greater, like a PhD. If a woman makes $100,000 a year, she's almost always going to marry somebody who makes $100,000 a year or more than her. Yeah. And like whether it's Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter where you go in the world. Yeah. It's nearly always true. You see very few exceptions. Okay. Women always want to marry. And you could say, why do they marry people across and up? Because they're attracted to men who who can lead them. So – in the metaphor we've heard before, they want to hook hook the trailer up to the truck. Exactly. They want a truck that can pull them. Yep. And if they're a high-dollar woman, if they're a woman that makes $200,000 a year who's a doctor, well, there's not there's not a big pool of guys that she's going to be actually interested in. Most guys are going to look like slubs yeah. to her. Yeah. And that's a problem. It's really interesting. I was listening to some statistics the other day on that, women, what they were looking for. They were looking for a guy that was like, you know, athletic, at least five foot ten, at least a yeah. hundred k a year. Yeah, and the, the they were having this discussion. Yeah, and they pulled out the statistics. Less than that represented less than one percent of men. Yeah, and you think you're going to go find a husband? Yeah, and that guy's going <laughs> to want you. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, Good it's, luck. Yeah. Okay, I guess you're going to live a single life your whole life. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, that's why when you see the statistics on, oh, the majority of, of college-level degrees and master's degrees and PhDs are going to women, and women are now out-earning men, yeah. it's, it's, you know, the feminists want to say, oh, great, we made it. 
yet it's the feminists who claim, I can't find a husband. Yep. I'm not attracted to anybody. I, I'm lonely. And then they start to realize, oh no, I bought a lie. I'm miserable. And, and the problem is the seriousness of this. It gets to a point. It's too late. It's too late. Which is really tragic. Tragic. It's tragic. It's tragic. You, no, no, no. You can't go back. It's 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 devastating. It's, it's that real. It's devastating. We want to think, oh, you can have it all. No, no, no. You've went too far now. Yes. And God could read. And, and you know, we talking about the crisis of masculinity. It's it's on the flip side. There is an equal crisis in femininity because too. of it. Yeah. Because of it. Yeah. Right. These things go hand in hand. Yeah. So all this back to to Satan's scheme. Yeah. Which we're st- where we kind of let's destroy in. marriages. Let's destroy uh, families. Let's keep people from having kids. Yeah. I mean, the Western countries. We're in a crisis of, of population decline. Yeah, on top we're, of everything else, right? We're not replacing ourselves. Right. It all fits together, man. It all fits together. All these things are... So, oh, man. So it goes back to what you asked me earlier, Sam. Like, how did I get into this years ago? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not being weird. Like, I was just reading and studying, and I said, I could see all this. Yep. I could see all this coming. You know, I actually could. I could, like, oh, no, this is kind of funny how of a, it's just such a simple message. Yeah. You know, read your Bible. Uh, go pursue a woman, you know, to a man. Yep. Go pursue a woman purely yep. in holiness. Yep. Develop Ma- develop a career. Develop a career. Make some money. Work hard. Yep. Work be hard. disciplined. Yep. Uh, g- be competent. Yep. Intellectually, physically, yep. marry that woman. Yep. And have kids with her. Yep. And build a family. Yep. And love your children. Love your wife. Go to church. Yep. And you're gonna you're gonna change the world. Change the world. If you do that, you would change the world. You would change the world if you did that. Okay, I think that was good. That's good enough for this one. Oh, I mean, man. we can talk about this forever, and we'll we probably talk forever. about it again. Okay, this was good. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening to the Preach and Persuade podcast. Yeah, like Dan said at the front end, we've got a lot of cool things going on in ministry right now. Uh, you know, kind of back to Esther. What a time to be alive, you know, prepared probably. Obviously, we know we trust in God's providence and sovereignty. He put us on the earth in this place, in this time, for a reason. And it, it seems like... Man, there's could be some really cool reaping of the harvest coming up here. Uh, we're excited about it. We're mm-hmm. excited about evangelism. We're excited about what seems to be an openness to the gospel among young people. It's really exciting. And and yet there's a real enemy who's really doing some crazy things to try to disrupt God's plan, but God's sovereign and he will be victorious. So, you know, there's great hope in that. Oh yeah. Like, oh let's let's go. Labor. Let's yeah. It's so cool. So if you haven't yet, you can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would help us get this podcast out to more people. Um, you can visit our website, like we said, afci.us, and just, we're starting to put more content on there. But, you know, the AFCI website before was not a content website, mm-hmm. uh, but this is more centered around what we, as you know, the AFCI evangelists are doing. Um, our mm-hmm. sermons, our you know, our messages, our podcasts, our videos, things like that. So that's pretty cool. To check that out and. Yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Bye.